You have reached Pod Level Midnight, a conversation show about sports, movies, and whatever else we find along the way. I'm your host, Josiah Dury. Let's go. Welcome into Pod Level Midnight and our next Directors Club episode. So today we're going to be talking about the films of Wes Anderson, head of his new release, Asteroid City, which is coming to theaters, uh, releasing wide this weekend, June 23rd, um, all across the country. So excited to talk about Wes Anderson today, one of the most, um, I'd say one of the most iconic directors of the 21st century, at least in American films. And joining me to discuss Wes Anderson is my good friend from all the way back in high school in Cambridge, um, Cambridge Isani, I should say, Spencer Bauer. So Spencer, welcome to the pod. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm uh, really honored to be a first time guest on Odd Level Midnight. I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, happy to have you. So we're back for Directors Club. It's been a while, but I've got several lined up here for the summer and the fall for Directors Club to really get this thing going off. So we're starting with Wes Anderson, though, who is, when it comes to Directors Club and talking about like directors and how you know, they, you know, styles make films or whatever it may be. Um, Wes is a great example because his movies look like no one else's. So um, let me ask you as we get started, um, what, how did you get introduced to Wes Anderson? What is your kind of relationship to his, uh, his films? You know, um, well, as you know, I was in the Navy for a while and served on submarines. um, And what comes with that is a lot of downtime to watch movies uh when you're underwater and you know can't chat with your friends or anything so um I would bring a bunch of movies underwater and just watch them and I was I think Royal Tenenbaums might have been the first Wes Anderson film that I saw and as you know he's got a very visually specific kind of style that's unique um and there's kind of like a unique narrative style with his movies that drew me in and the quirky characters and and he's got a lot of themes in his films um just kept sucking me back in yeah yeah that's good i think we're going to get to a few different kind of categories about um about directing and about kind of what makes wes anderson unique but it's been interesting to see ahead of Asteroid City here coming out this summer um, with all of the like the AI stuff that's happening right now and like these different things. There's been a lot of like spoofs of like, oh, if Wes Anderson made a Lord of the Rings movie or Wes Anderson made this and it's all like done by AI. So it's just like your basic like Wes Anderson style looking thing, which is like, you know, these these colors and this quirkiness and this like symmetry and those things, which are definitely part of his style but also kind of oversimplifying it i think there there was a really good snl sketch like several years ago about um if like a wes anderson horror movie and like a like a break-in in the house uh, that i enjoyed but i think right now it's it's going a little bit over the top to like reduce his stuff to just those components so i'm interested to kind of dive into what it is that makes him um unique as a director more than just like the you know, the visuals, which are, are very identifiable, but um, I think it's, I think there's more to it than just, I guess, the way that his movies look or what he does to, yeah, make something that looks unique. Cause then anytime there's another movie that like 
the Paddington movies come to mind because like Paddington too, especially like there's certain scenes that it's like, they look like a Wes Anderson movie people will say, but um, I don't know. I'm just interested to kind of dive into like what it is that makes him actually like artistically um, unique beyond just the simple things that maybe you and I can, as just casual movie (laughs) observers can understand, you know what I mean? So um, yeah, like you said, some of the themes and stuff are really interesting with his, with his stuff, but um, yeah. So where did you go from there after, after Royal Tenenbaums? Oh, I think probably let's see, it would have been 2012, 2013 timeframe Budapest hotel. I don't think was out yet. So probably back Rushmore life aquatic Darjeeling limited. Um, That's probably what was on my flash drive Mm -hmm. when I was water and then of course you just kind of cycle through the same movies over and over so yeah i'm gonna i'll have to ask you when we get to life aquatic as we talk through the filmography about just how that is what that looks like as from the navy perspective and um, that'd be interesting um i think my first wes anderson movie was either moonrise kingdom or grand budapest um i didn't come to his stuff till you know a little later um i remember like when fantastic mr fox came out and i was like that looks interesting that's like a animated stop motion movie but it's for like adults but i didn't see it like right when it came out because 2009 so i was like in high school um so it's either moonrise kingdom or grand budapest and kind of you know went back saw some more stuff um those were kind of the main two though that i started with and then um especially when french dispatch came out a couple years ago i was like now it's time to like really dive into the all the wes anderson stuff i've missed and we um like my wife and i watched Life Aquatic and Fantastic Mr. Fox and some other ones, Bombs and some others. So um, I've now seen all except for Darjeeling Limited, which you mentioned. So that's a, one that's missing. So if anyone's listening to this, or maybe you'll tell me that, you know, that's actually the secret, like best Wes Anderson movie. And I'm really, you know, speaking from a place of ignorance by not having seen it. I'll do a whole nother episode on Darjeeling Limited if that's what someone says. But <laughs> based on what I've heard a little bit, it's it's... If there's one you can skip, it might be that one. So, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it when we get to it. But let me give a little bit of just the bio of Wes Anderson before we get to his um, full filmography. So, Wes Anderson, uh, born in Texas in 1969. Um, so, he's in his 50s now. Um, grew up making like silent films on his um, Super 8 camera, his like dad's camera, and doing like his own home movies, so, those sorts of things. Always interested in becoming a writer, he would say. Um, ended up going to college um, at the University of Texas. He worked at a theater as a projectionist during that time and also uh, met and became roommates with Owen Wilson, who would become like his one of his kind of most frequent collaborators and worked with him not only as an actor, but as um, a writer and producer and stuff in a lot of his especially early movies. So um, so that was in the uh, that would have been in like the. Uh, late 80s, early 90s. Um, 1996 was his first feature-length film. Um, Bottle Rocket uh, was based on a short film that he did a couple of years prior in the early 90s. Um, so Bottle Rocket and Rushmore were his first two features. Um, and there, from there, uh, from Rushmore, he was kind of kind of broke out and was able to then do a lot more of kind of whatever he wanted and has gone on to quite a career over the last 20, 25 years now um, of, I think it's 11 um features um at least american released features over the last 25 27 and 28 years so 
um, yeah, that's a little bit of the background for Wes Anderson. Definitely an interesting guy. Um, you know, when you look at him, it's like who would make like these sorts of like, you know, these, these, I don't know, it's reductionist, but like indie or hippie or like whatever kind of movies. And you look at it, you see a picture of him. It's like, yeah, okay. That, that makes sense. <laughs> Almost like <laughs> cult classics. Cult classics for sure. So let's start from the beginning. I want to run through the different projects that he's had. Uh, from 96 all the way to 2023 now. So Bottle Rocket and Rushmore were his first two. Um, and those were actually two that I kind of came to most recently because I had not seen them. And then in pre preparation for this, knowing we were going to talk about Wes Anderson, watched them both. And um, interesting because they are the least kind of in the Wes Anderson stereotypical style, I would say, like especially Bottle Rocket is shot like a normal if you didn't know Wes Anderson directed it, you may not, you know, pick that out based on the way that it's shot. A lot of the humor is Wes Anderson, though. Um, so those two are are kind of unique as far as just not quite being in the the house style that Wes Anderson would develop over the years, as, at least in my opinion, when it comes to some of the um, the the filmography. But um, yeah, what did what do you think about those first two? So Bottle Rocket comes out in '96. Um, stars Luke and Owen Wilson. Um, it's funny because Luke Wilson is like wearing the traditional like Wes Anderson haircut that he always has now, like the kind of long hair tucked behind his ears. Um, so sometimes watching it, it's like I thought Wes Anderson was in the movie, but it was Luke Wilson. Um, it stars Luke and Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson, great performance in that movie. I, I loved Bottle Rocket. I thought it was hilarious um, all the way through. Um, but what those first two, those first two, Bottle Rocket and Rushmore, what's your opinion on those two? Um, I really liked Rushmore. Um, that's with Jason Schwartzman mm -hmm. playing Max Fisher. Um, I thought that the beekeeping outfit was a really cool symbol, kind of representing shields against reality. And, um, I thought that at the end, he kind of ex finally accepted his personal limitations, um, with the uh, staging of the Grand Vietnam War play. And um, I, I really like Rushmore. Yeah, Rushmore was definitely the kind of breakout hit for Wes Anderson. And then there's lots of, it's interesting to read about kind of Bill Murray's career and how that intersected with Wes Anderson at that point, 1998. And Bill Murray was kind of, kind of dead in the water in some, in some ways with his career and then come, comes on for Rushmore. Um, apparently he offered to do it for, was going to do it for free because he loved the script so much, ended up getting paid only $9,000 for the movie. But that really kind of launched his second kind of part of his career into the 2000s and was a huge kind of revitalization for his his career. Um, yeah, Rushmore is the one of the most kind of critically acclaimed, it seems. Um, it's like considered a, considered a classic. It's I was reading that it's like, was inducted into the library of Congress and stuff. So like, and they uh, really launched Jason Schwartzman as well, who would become another one of the frequent uh, collaborators for, for Wes Anderson. So both good. Um, it's, did you experience, I don't know when you watched those in order with the other Wes Anderson movies, but watching those two apart from the rest of them, just do you know what I mean? When it comes to like, just like the visuals and stuff, they don't look the same as like, Grand Budapest Hotel or anything where it's like you can see from the first frame you see you know it's a Wes Anderson movie but these are like a little bit more traditionally shot you know in a lot of ways yeah I think actually through all of his works you notice kind of a visual 
uh, evolution, if mm-hmm. you'll call it, like even towards, you know, the other extreme, like the stop motion and Isle of Dogs. And, um, but I, I do see what you're saying uh, with the first two being visually different than like Royal Tenenbaums and like Grand Budapest Hotel are obviously very similar. Yeah, again, I'm, I'm not trying to reduce Wes Anderson and his visual style either. Um, that's not to say that there's not substance in the films, but um, yeah, yeah, but it's, it's the first thing you think of when you think of him, you know, for a lot of people and um, you know, it's not, it doesn't hurt to have an easily identifiable style either. Right. So, and, and it pushed to the extreme, it sounds like based on some of the reviews and stuff I've read of asteroid city, which I'm really excited about. It's like Wes Anderson to the max, like when it comes to some of that kind of stuff, which um, I'm excited for, but I also, I kind of appreciate when directors can pull back on some of that and like have a little bit more of a, um, Surprise. subtlety, I guess, um, when it comes to those sorts of things, but definitely a unique style and something, yeah, I want to dive into a little bit more. So we go from, from Bottle Rocket and Rushmore to Royal Tenenbaums, which you mentioned, um, his first, um, Oscar nomination, it gets, it gets nominated for original screenplay. This is also one of his most like both critically and financially successful movies um, and then we go to life aquatic darjeeling limited 2007 so um so out of those three um what's your kind of reaction to that development in his career and also i mentioned i hand up i have not seen darjeeling limited that's the one i missed so anything that i'm missing out um with that one um can you actually kind of run me through the kind of criticisms you heard about it? You were saying that as far as movies to miss, you've you've heard that it's one to avoid or not avoid. Um, I think it's just one of the less um, essential, I guess, uh, Wes Anderson movies um, is all I heard. But I mean, I really like um, some of the people that are that are in it uh, when it comes to like Adrian Brody and stuff. So like, I I want to check it out. I just didn't get time to to do it. So. Yeah, I think um, I hope. Hopefully, I'm not way off base with this like <laughs> analysis. But uh, Darjeeling Limited, the, it's about these three brothers whose dad just passed away, and then they end up on a train ride in India, trying to like reconnect a little bit. Um, and so, like the oldest brother, who's kind of thinks he's taking care of the family, is trying to like. At one point, he has him doing like a, a peacock feather ritual, but then they, they end up bickering about the instructions and then never end up doing the ritual properly. And you kind of see these three guys going on this journey to kind of connect and then just totally missing the point about everything along the, the way. And so if if you could reduce it down to a long journey where they learn nothing about <laughs> themselves, um, then maybe it is definitely a movie you could avoid, but overall, I mean, it's got the Wes Anderson aesthetic and um, it's got the the quirky characters and the story to kind of pull you through. Yeah, I did. He- I did read something about it being, and I like, again, I'm not trying to avoid it just um, when it comes to didn't get a chance to check it out yet. I, I'm planning on it soon. Um, the, for him personally, and we'll see a thread throughout, you know, when we talk about some of the themes throughout a, a lot of these movies is um, his, he grew up like child of, of divorce and stuff. And like, that's definitely a very present thing and his siblings. And like, you know, a lot of these movies are about siblings and are about 
relationships with parents and kids. And um, it sounds like that was one where he was maybe being the most personal or putting himself out there as much as along with Tenenbaums. Um, And then maybe pulled back a little bit after that one wasn't maybe received as well as some of his other movies. So, so that's really interesting to think about and I'm curious to see kind of what that looks like and then what, you know, how that develops over the course of his career from asteroid city moving forward. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I think some of the negative criticism that I read as I was kind of prepping for the podcast too, is just the reception of how the, uh, I mean, India is a beautiful country mm-hmm. and Bali definitely has a certain style, but there was like a negativity maybe upon recent review of the, the film with kind of the exoticism that is just um, like, not that he's exploiting any any culture. I think he was trying to be true to um, the style and themes, but um, there definitely is some pressure to present other cultures in a mm-hmm. the best way that or positive manner or yeah yeah and that's a, that's certainly a much bigger discussion but it's really interesting thing to think about you know directors and who has you know like we said this is a guy born in the 60s in texas like you know classic um you know white guy director or whatever but you know who but who is interested in other cultures and wants to you know have a chance to interact with them and you know, represent them in certain ways. So, you know, um, Isle of Dogs is another example of that. He was, I was listening to some interviews and stuff about just how fascinated he is with like Japanese cinema and culture and all these things and wanting to represent that in a good way too. So um, I think that's a very difficult thing to do without getting a lot of pushback, even if you do it with the best intentions, right? So um, it's really interesting, but I think it's a bigger, bigger discussion about just who has the the right and opportunity to do those sorts of things, but also we want to, you know, learn and experience each other's cultures and be able to do that sort of thing um, when it comes to, to filmmaking and to, to art in general. So um, yeah, really interesting. So a lot of discussion about a movie I've <laughs> not seen, but again, I'm excited to check it out. So, but you mentioned Tenenbaums is the first one you saw, and then I do want to get your take on life aquatic as a, as a shipman. So, um, so what's your, um, what do you think about that kind of stage of his career when he was really kind of coming into his own, it seems? Man, um, you kind of hit the nail on the head with the familial relationships yeah. and from childhood divorce and just a lot of the family dysfunction um, I can kind of relate to. Uh, and, and I mean that in a positive way. I love my family and all the quirkiness in it, but I just love the complex relationships in between um the characters um and gene hackman as royal tenenbaum trying to you know just totally self-absorbed but also kind of a redeemable character um got gwyneth paltrow in royal tenenbaums who is kind of the complex misunderstood genius type character um i it, it just one of was one of the first films the 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 visual style it sucked me in and it it kind of got me going down the Wes Anderson path and that was a time in my life where I'd find like a song that I liked and then downhole the whole discog- discography mm-hmm. you know just kind of I had a lot of time to go through media yeah 
Yeah, it was interesting for me to go from, like I said, like Moonrise Kingdom and Grand Budapest are kind of when I came to, into his stuff, which are a little bit more, I don't know if restrained is the right word, but you know, they're dealing with stuff from a distance in some ways. Um, so then to go back to that and be like, oh, this is what's behind all this stuff, you know what I mean? Uh, with Royal Tenenbaums um, and to kind of get a deeper understanding and yeah, great, great performances in that movie. Um, definitely one of his, um, one of his best and kind of most, most acclaimed and yeah, most personal as well. So, um, but yeah, Life Aquatic, what do you think about the, those guys in that, in that sub? Life Aquatic for me was, um, it, I appreciate the film. Um, <laughs> it is nothing like Life on a Submarine, uh, right. but I, I think I enjoyed the, um, just kind of almost like dreamlike aquatic scenes and, you know, Submarine has no windows. So mm-hmm. it was kind of, it, it was cool to kind of escape into this, like, um yeah almost like positive uplifting at times world in life aquatic um when the reality of the submarine is mm-hmm. you got gray and seafoam green and there's a whole lot of negativity um and life aquatic is i would say a lot more than that yeah yeah apparently when it came out it was not the most well received um but i i like it quite a bit um and one of the things I love about Wes Anderson is just like the detail when it comes to um, production design and and costumes and sets and all this other stuff. And specifically Life Aquatic, the uh, the like baby blue um, jumpsuit with the shorts with the red hat, like that's just what I want to wear every day. Like that's just one of the best fits I've ever seen on on screen, especially Willem Dafoe rocking that. So um, great stuff all around on Life Aquatic. Um, and then we move to kind of the not quite modern because it's been like 14 years now, but um, I guess when Wes Anderson really kind of came into the, the public eye and um, the starts getting nominated for a bunch more um, awards and stuff like that, you get fantastic Mr. Fox, which is really interesting um, film, stop motion animation. And then, like I said, uh, moonrise kingdom, grand Budapest, 2012, 2014. And then from there, um, moving to Isle of Dogs. But that five-year run from Mr. Fox to to Grand Budapest, um, three absolute absolute bangers right there. Um, what did you think about each of those? Mr. Fox, that's the one with Clooney, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be honest, I can't remember the last time that I've seen Fantastic Mr. Fox, so you might have to do the heavy lifting. It's on... really good. Yeah? Yeah. Um, there's not much more to say, but it's it's... I don't know. I had like an interesting because I remember when it came out and I didn't see it when it came out and I was like, didn't really understand what a adult stop motion film was like without it being like, I don't know, some sort of cartoony cartoony or like more like raunchy than than you would expect or whatever. But it's like it's very straightforward. It's it's still the same Wes Anderson tone and stuff. We watched it um, before. Um, French Dispatch came out and I was like this is just a great time and um, really interesting like stop motion stuff is just incredible the execution from all the way from you know Wallace and Gromit to (laughs) Fantastic Mr. Fox so um, so I like him kind of dabbling in that sort of thing I did not like Isle of Dogs as much um, but Fantastic Mr. Fox um, really good really good voice performances really good film and I'd have to look it up but 
pretty sure it's only about 90 minutes long too, which is great stuff all around. So um, love that. And then yeah, Moonrise Kingdom, Grand Budapest, like back to back. That's um, that's about as good as it gets. Uh, what you you mentioned Moonrise Kingdom quite a few times. What's your uh, what was your favorite overall part of Moonrise Kingdom, or what kind of draws you to it? Um, I like Edward Norton a lot in that movie. Um, I think so. Spoiler alert: out of these ones, like Grand Budapest is actually my favorite one. Um, but um, Moonrise Kingdom, I think I just so 2012. So this was like I was in college and stuff, and this was um a time when starting to figure out like what's critically acclaimed and what's, you know, like really respected for different reasons. Like I don't like coming of age stories are not something I'm very interested in for the most part. So like that part of it does not like work on me as much as it does. I think on a lot of people. Um, but I think the, yeah, the Ed Norton of it all, the, the Bill Murray, the, the style and the kind of dialogue and stuff of it was like, I was like, man, I've never seen anything like this before. Um, so that back to back into Grand Budapest, which I like more as far as from a story perspective, um, I was just like, this is just something I've not seen before. And I, you know, kind of got excited about what I was experiencing, you know, watching a film. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Budapest kind of hits you with like a sense of nostalgia almost for yeah. like the way things used to be, or maybe like that's what they want you to notice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this but, is when he's kind of getting deepest into like his style and dialogue and adding more and more actors. <laughs> As we're going to talk about, I've got a list of kind of all the people that have worked with him the most times. But um, yeah, each of those get nominated for at least one Oscar. Grand Budapest being the one that gets nominated for a bunch, um, including Best Picture and Best Director. Um, did not win those, but won Best Score, Production Design, Costumes, Makeup of that so follows up that run of kind of i think let's see so before that was yeah so i think that those three in a row were pretty unquestionable hits i would say i've never watched a west Anderson like out of all the west anderson movies i've never watched one and had a bad time like I'm, i've enjoyed all of them i think between the tone and the comedy and um just being a quality filmmaker like i don't think there's any misses in here in my opinion but those are from a I, I guess a box office or um kind of public perception um those were kind of a a great run those three and then you get isle of dogs which maybe is the closest i've come to not having a great time watching a wes anderson movie but it's fine i should probably watch it again um but um probably the most forgettable one for me i don't know if you have a, a strong take on that and then in the french dispatch which i actually liked quite a bit but it was also quite different from from the others was your uh, beef with Isle of Dogs the like Japanese language and then no subtitles for some of it? So like, or just I don't mind uh, when people do that. Um, I think I don't know. I just was not really invested in the, the story. Story, which I don't know. I should give it another chance because I also don't think that that should have to be the reason to a movie is good is the story. Like I think. But I just, for whatever reason, when comparing that to Fantastic Mr. Fox, I just think it's a big step down. Yeah. Well, if you want to give Wes Anderson any criticism, uh, some might say that there is a little bit of an emphasis on style over substance in 
some, some of the, not that I'm saying that, but, um, and maybe also, you know, maybe I should brush up on my Japanese and rewatch it, um, and just kind of get the full, get taken the movie in its fullest. Yeah. But I, I mean, I love taking the, I, I like that he went back to the stop motion stuff and like, I think having, you know, trying to do different things is, is always a good thing um, for, especially for people that are this artistic. Uh, and then, yeah, we had French dispatch two years ago, um, kind of, uh, I think there were three different uh, kind of short stories within that film, um, which, yeah, I liked quite a bit. It's not it, probably not in my top three to five Wes Anderson movies, but um, I thought it was very good. And that was talk about a deep bench of, of actors that were in that movie, but um really enjoyed that. And that leads us to asteroid city, which um, like I said, getting great reviews. That's, <laughs> I've tried not to read too much. I did watch the trailer and it was the classic Wes Anderson trailer where more than ever, it's like, you start listing the cast and it's like, it takes two pages of the, and like the whole um, rest of the trailer just to list like, 30 names of everyone that's in it so very excited to check that out probably sometime next week but excited about asteroid city but um did you have any takes on on french dispatch um that's actually on my list to watch still okay, sure. i have uh queued up for before the podcast and unfortunately i'm gonna have to send you my notes on it that's all right i've heard mixed reviews um from people that i that i respect but i i did enjoy it and yeah it's it's kind of different from some of the stuff just with the like broken up nature of the different stories that relate to each other, but are somewhat separate. And um, yeah, but I liked, I liked it quite a bit. Um, but again, not my, not quite at the top of my list. So, so that's his uh, films like 10 or 11 um, feature releases over 25 years leading to asteroid city. So um, we've talked some about, kind of themes and style and like what makes Wes Anderson, Wes Anderson, which um, people that have seen his, his movies can, it's kind of, you know it when you see it, but trying to put it into, into words and we're not professional film critics or we don't know too much about, um, you know, some of the, the history and the different categories and stuff, but it's interesting to kind of just do some, some research and try to kind of put definitions around what it is that we that we see when we watch Wes Anderson movies, especially some of the most recent Wes Anderson movies. So um, kind of divided this up into three different categories, one being um, tone of the movies, um, another being the visual style, and then the cast, which we'll dive into, which he's more than anyone able to kind of pull these um, both big names and small names, but really well-respected um, actors and put, not just a few of them, but a bunch of them into every one of his movies, which is interesting. So I want to talk about that too. But uh, when it comes to tone, as well as like some of the themes that we've talked about already, when it comes to family or um, yeah, relationships with within families, um, in doing the, some of the research, Wes Anderson is described as being a member of the American eccentric uh, movement, which is um, a lot of, like some of the the subtle references within the movie, it's kind of has that um that like knowing feel of like we all know what we're watching and like we're able to kind of reference it and make fun of it and move in and out of um some of the expectations that you may have, um quotations and irony and those sorts of things. Um I have this 
you know, little blurb um, from it, which is American, American eccentric cinema is marked by films that are deeply concerned with the ethics and morality obligations of the individual, the effects of family breakdown and social alienation. So those are certainly things that you see a lot, especially I think of like Grand Budapest and, and Moonrise and like some other ones where it's like, we start with someone that's kind of a loner, right? Like, and they're able to, um, we kind of travel with them as they, they meet people, have adventures with people, try to develop relationships and go from there. Or we start with a family, you know, within their relationships and kind of go from there. So um, I'm not asking you to to define the American eccentric movement or anything like that, but what is, you know, kind of what do you think about some of the, the themes and kind of the, the tone that makes, especially the, I mean, his movies are also funny too, without being like slapstick, you know? So how does he, I don't know what, what makes them funny, I guess, like the way that they, um, they're able to impact you as you, as you watch them. I think Wes Anderson just like takes a lot of time to think about the details, both with like the, the bizarre scenarios that are occurring to like the, quirkiness of the characters and you're right like the dialogue is really subtly cleverly funny like if you're paying attention to the movie you're going to be laughing but if you just kind of are channel flipping you might you might fall asleep but watching bottle rocket the other night for the first time and like owen wilson like everything he says in that movie i was just dying like every single line is so good so Um, I think that's that's maybe what hits it. Oh, and the soundtracks too. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the music in Wes Anderson films just kind of flows with the overall journey, I guess. Um, and I think, yeah, he definitely takes a lot of time to carefully put together a whole production. Um, and I, I like truly, when I think of like who a director is, it's like, okay, Wes Anderson. Um, mm-hmm. You may not love his movies, but uh, he definitely puts it all together in a complete package. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely has his fingerprints on on everything that you see. So the other kind of um, category or definition that people have put him into is kind of the postmodern movement, which is a bit of what you talked about earlier when it comes to like style over substance, which I think is... Um, that can sound bad, but I think another way to put it would be it's subverting the mainstream kind of narrative conventions when it comes to plot and like forward momentum. So um, the forward momentum of the plot. So his movies are sometimes I think people that are, that maybe don't like Wes Anderson or are critical of, of his movies would say a whole lot of nothing, <laughs> you know, nothing happens. Yeah. There's nothing driving you forward. There's nothing that you're kind of chasing towards or, um, yeah, that has to, has to be accomplished by the end of it, but it's, it's a vibe movie. It's a, you know, we go here and we go here and there doesn't seem to be a ton of rhyme or reason or anything behind that, which I enjoy personally. I, I know some people that kind of can't really fully get on board with that, but that's a bit of that kind of postmodern movement when it comes to not having the, maybe the narrative conventions of a typical plot with, you know, um, ascending and descending um, 
tension and um, conflict and those sorts of things. So I think it's in there too, but it's maybe just not the way that we always expect it to be done on the, on the big screen. So um, I think every one of his movies is an example of that, but specifically there's, there's a lot, but yeah. What do you think? I I think you're right. I think his films are more like going to the park and people watching than Mm -hmm. they are, um, you know, hearing a traditional story and some people can get behind that and like you said some people might just walk away from it going that was a whole lot of nothing but I, I do think that he does put in a lot of character growth um sure. you just have to kind of be watching for it like you you, you do notice uh, I apologize I don't have a specific example uh, <laughs> but yeah there's reason behind it it's it just maybe not quite as much like a causes B causes C, you know, like a typical progression, but it's more like, oh, something random happens and now we're going here and now we're going here. And then, um, yeah, and then, which is more, I think, maybe more true to life in, in some ways too, even if his movies don't always look the most realistic either. So the other thing I had under here when it comes to tone, which we already talked about a little bit, is just the, the humor, um, how kind of dry and subtle it can be. Um, but it's... Um, I don't know. It's a, it's a delightful kind of tone to, to be in for an hour and a half or two hours. And yeah, I don't know how, I think it can't be replicated in, in a lot of ways from, it's not as simple as just kind of the quirkiness, but it's, there's a lot of intelligence layers. behind some of it. Yeah. There's like, yeah, there's like layers to the humor. Mm-hmm. For sure. And that's why I think some of his movies, like I think the ones that I like the best are the ones I've seen the most times too. Where I think some of them, like if I go back and watch them again, I'll probably appreciate them more just because you maybe get a few more of the jokes or just um, have it, yeah, are kind of along with the vibes. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. The first time I've, I think, what was it? Probably Life Aquatic also. It's just kind of you walk away from it. You're like, what did I just watch? (laughs) Uh, Okay, well. What was the point of that? Yeah. Definitely grows on you. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of a few things on tone. We already talked about, you know, a little bit of his his background when it comes to some of the family dynamics and personal stuff. And his movies aren't aren't the most um, like emotional or they don't necessarily ask a lot of the actors to get like it's all very very dry and kind of even the emotional moments are pretty like straight faced, right? But when they come, then you know they kind of have have more impact in some ways but it's not like the most over the top like emotional scenes and acting and like some sort of soap opera or something like that but it's much more restrained um which i think is is interesting too um and that's kind of developed over the course of his his career as well but um he's also got a very distinct visual style which um i think anyone who has even heard of wes anderson or knows maybe knows his films without having seen a lot of them would know um and that is the without knowing the exact camera techniques and all this other stuff, you know, the, some of the basic like layman understanding would be, you've got the distinct color palette. You've got the kind of a lot of symmetry, a lot of like quick zooms in and out. Um, You've got a lot of like right angles and like things being positioned in a very like, um, I don't know, OCD way or whatever. Like I, I, is bad. I don't want to go back to the SNL skit when I'm talking about the Wes Anderson movies, but like <laughs> you have the the scene where like 
they're talk they're listing all the different things that are that they have in the house like and just going through and they're all like on the table and like it's these random things that they supplies and stuff that they have right which he's had a few scenes like that in his movies before so stuff like that which is um it's funny but it's also easy to make parodies of so um but that's you know without going too deep into it or knowing beyond just kind of what my eyes have seen that's kind of the some of the distinct visual styles that are within a Wes Anderson movie but how do you think that's kind of developed over the course of his his career and I don't know. Do you think it's too much or do you think it's, or do you like that? You, you know, his movies look different than anyone else's. I like that. It's different than everyone else. I mean, um, I know this isn't a James Cameron podcast, but like, <laughs> right. Like Avatar is mm-hmm. big because the way Avatar looks right. And how deep you can get into the world. And I think Wes Anderson films are kind of, um, built for that too where like you said the more you rewatch it the more you pick up on stuff and I think in like Darjeeling Limited there's like 900 elephants or something mm-hmm. in the like in the film um, just like a that might not be the exact number again don't <laughs> quote me but it's it's like a, a a round whole number like that that's thought out and it's like why is that even why was that ever thought of but you know, maybe, and maybe Wes Anderson, let me know if I'm completely wrong. Give me a call. Um, but, um, I, I think that there, the visual style, um, he packs a lot in and I don't think it's too much. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I like that it, he keeps, oh, sorry. No, it, it does seem like he's going further and further into it when it comes to just even just based on the trailer and stuff for, um, Asteroid City. It's so, it's so bright. It's so like, clearly like looks like it's its own separate little town or world or whatever um so i mean good for him he gets the resources and these movies don't even cost that much compared to like any sort of big name director's stuff so he does it he does it efficiently and he does it on a budget and still can make stuff look unlike anything you've ever seen before which is which is cool and the other thing i'd mention is just the the couple of um, animated or stop motion movies he's made as well as most of his movies feature like film and work on miniatures and stuff too like buildings you know small um, whether it's Grand Budapest Hotel or other things that you know then they shoot on so I think just the creativity of the filmmaking I really like when it comes to having to having to build things and make things and instead of CGI you know just having like the the magic of of filmmaking, you know, is, is something he's obviously practicing and one of the kind of at the forefront of, um, as far as directors go. So I really appreciate that about his stuff, even if it's maybe not always my personal style or whatever, but just kind of the, the amount of work and thought that goes into it. Yeah, definitely. Um, art imitates life, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The one other thing I had down kind of under his, um, just what makes him unique themes and style, but also I don't think anyone has as deep of a, of a collection of, of actors and actresses that they're able to work with on a consistent basis as Wes Anderson. And for a, for a small part for, you know, going 20, 30 deep in a film, you know, that doesn't have that many, you know, no film can have that many starring roles, but for all of them to be like in asteroid city, for all of them to be, 
whether they're big names or just career actors or really well-respected people, um, it's clear that he's doing something right when it comes to working with people and people that wanting are wanting to work with him. So I was curious. So I just kind of looked up like who has worked with him the most. Um, obviously Owen Wilson, like we said, was his roommate in college and frequent collaborator. Um, Luke he's Wilson. been in eight. Yep. Luke Wilson as well. Owen Wilson specifically has been in eight um, of his films and then Bill Murray's actually been in nine. So Bill Murray after Rushmore was in every film and it's not listed as being in um, Asteroid City, but I'm wondering if he'll make an appearance or not. Um, I hope so. And then Jason Schwartzman, who we mentioned, is in seven um, of his films. And then there's a several, Willem Dafoe, Tilda Swinton, Ed Norton, and Adrian Brody have all been in five. So, And then there's yeah, a deep, deep bench beyond that of everyone that he's able to to pull into films. So what does that kind of say to you for, for a director to have that much consistency, but also be able to get, you know, people um, to work with him for little to no, um, you know, it's not a money thing, but it's more of an artistic thing. So what do you think that that says about him? I mean, the awards are definitely might might be a part of it if you just look at Wes Anderson's resume he's a pretty accomplished director um and then I would also be honored to be an actor in his <laughs> in some but um I think he it's probably just a a great working environment you know I mean hanging out with Owen Wilson Bill Murray I'm sure they're just yeah. cracking um off camera I don't know how they stay so straight-faced on camera um, but I'm, I'm sure it's just each project is probably really fun to work on. Um, the costumes are interesting. The dialogue is interesting. The cast is interesting. Um, there's always like some plot twists that you don't really expect, or maybe it's just like you said, it, it, it's just kind of random sometimes, um, or feels random. I'm sure it's just a fun environment to work around. Yeah, it's got to be fun to do something different when a lot of things all look the same, but from the from the tone of your dialogue to the the costumes and stuff to the sets that you're on, it's going to be, you know, something different than your typical either green screen or, um, you know, realist um, film. So I think that that's a big part of it too. But then um, in doing some of the research, I was interested to hear from a couple of actors and um, interviews that they did um I have a, a quote here from Brian Cranston, who was in Asteroid City. Um, he's talking about um, where all the actors stay at the same hotel. Um, we have dinner at one table every single night with Wes and all of our guests. It's like actor camp. Uh, on a Wes Anderson film, there's no trailers, no dressing rooms, no hierarchy, no call sheet. You're just ready to go at about 9.30 or 10 in the morning in your wardrobe. So it's definitely like a different experience for them and i guess that they like that you know i'm sure there's plenty of actors that want to have their ego um stoked in certain ways and have all the amenities and whatever but for the ones that really care and love the like the craft of acting i think that this that's probably what wes anderson gets and like cultivates is that like you know getting back to actor camp in some ways um but then there was just a really funny quote from francis mcdormand um about why she keeps being in his his films and she said I show up because Wes keeps asking. I love his movies. And I also like to torture Bill, <laughs> Bill Murray. I assume she's talking about. So um, yeah, they, they clearly love it. So uh, it keeps coming back for more. And um, I don't know. I think 
it contributes to a bit of a, I don't want to say like a shared universe or anything among all of his films, but a shared, um, yeah, just connection between them with actors playing different roles, but being within the same um, thing, you can just kind of really see the through line of all of his movies more than I think most directors. Yeah, it's definitely really helpful to know his uh, works when you're playing like six degrees of separation mm -hmm. between actors uh, right. and their work. Um, right. I think you hit the nail on the head with the the CGI and stuff also and working in front of a green screen. It probably does feel nice to work on a project where it isn't CGI. And like you said, going back to the basics and actor boot camp or camp and yeah, if, I mean, if I was an actor, I'd want to wear these over-the-top costumes and stuff and, like, be talking funny and, you know, do whatever, um, be in these kind of wild situations. So um, I feel like I get it from their from their perspective in a lot of ways, even if these aren't the biggest the biggest checks on some of these these movies. So any other thoughts you have about just kind of his um, his style, his tone, what is it is that makes Wes Anderson Wes Anderson? Um, if you haven't checked out Wes Anderson pick any film um and if you've got the time you know sit down and and truly watch it I think you'll enjoy it um yeah. if it's looking for something to watch to kill time it's you're probably not gonna walk away with much but th definitely he's a great director yeah and if you think that the acting's a little weird or everything feels a little bit off it's it's supposed to be that way so just <laughs> get used to it and then you'll be able to enjoy it so um, i've got two more um, questions or categories for us uh, before we wrap up here so um, the first one and I, I could use your help workshop in this a little bit as we get through directors club here but um, i want to ask the question of you know these are as we're doing directors club these are directors that we you know, really love, want to see them continue to work and do projects. So the question is, you know, if you could commission them to do one project, what would it be like? What type of movie would you want them to do? Um, any other ideas and stuff? I don't know if you have an idea for what this could be called. I was thinking, I don't know if it's like, um, I was trying to think of like different studios or like studio head for the day or billionaire for a day or I almost said the Great Commission, but that might be a little bit too heretical in certain ways. So, um, yes, trying to come up with a good idea for um, for what to call this, other than if you could commission them to do one project, what would it be? But that's the question um, for you. What would you? What do you want to see Wes Anderson do next? I think maybe like a Wes Anderson Silicon Valley tech startup mm. type. You know, like a quirky succession esque film where you have the oh my gosh jeremy strong maybe maybe schwartzman is the you know head like ceo of this company and then maybe bill murray's like some vc um venture capitalist or you something have brian cox and rushmore so the succession parallels you, are there you could have yeah you could explore a bunch of like uh the relationships between the employees and stuff maybe pressures about selling or like bill or wes anderson's always got some comment sometimes has some commentary about like ethical mm -hmm. Asians, maybe of whatever the startup is anyways that's my idea like a wes anderson more modern tech startup type silicon valley project i like that yeah that would be good um 
my idea, mine is less about kind of the setting and more about the style. I think and this Ooh. is personal preference, but I like directors and there's some other directors I'm going to talk about over the course of, of the summer and the fall too, where I think that they can get a little bit lost in the sauce sometimes when it comes to the visual style, once they're given, once they've accomplished so much and it's like they are given, they're allowed to do whatever they want to do. Right. Um, which I want them to be able to do that. But I think being able to watching like a couple of these, you know, his early works, being able to do something that's a little bit more accessible for maybe a wider audience when it comes to, I'm not saying abandon it, but just like rein in a few of your maybe um, most overpowering tendencies and like do something specifically a comedy a little bit more wide reaching. Um, I think, I mean, if you want to put Owen Wilson in it, anyone like whoever you want to star in it, but just like a, also not doing the ensemble piece as much as I just loved bottle rocket so much. I'm like, I want to see something a little bit more like that, but with his experience now and like being able to really fine tune it. So like a, yeah. a two or three hander, like main actors that are in it, just comedy throughout, like something like, I don't know, the nice guys comes to mind or something like something kind of in that vein. Uh, but with his specific um, comedic style and, and, um, timing and stuff I think would be really good and maybe it maybe it fits in with your maybe our ideas fit together but because I don't know where the setting is but I would like to see something a little bit more rather than the I like his ensemble stuff I like his you know super um, Wes Anderson world um, visuals but I think he could really do something well that would actually capture the the general public more than um all of his movies do um just with his yeah his comedy and stuff if he did it a little bit more um i don't want to say down the middle but just um something along those lines i think would really work um just like a main two or three leads going on some sort of an adventure and um yeah a comedy we don't we don't get enough comedies these days that are just straight comedy. So that's what I think I would like to see out of him. But I like that. I think that could go a lot of, a lot of different directions. Yeah, I'm sure I, I, I'd i be open for another stop motion one too, to be honest, but you know, third time's a charm. Although fantastic. Mr. Okay. Fox is fantastic. So all that leads us to the final question. There can only be one. We get to choose out of these 10, um, out of these 11 movies we haven't seen asteroid city yet but there can only be one what is the best wes anderson movie spencer i will ask you first i'm gonna say i i keep watching life aquatic but maybe i'm gonna say rushmore you know mm. it kind of catalyzed bill murray's career again catalyzed you know it, it was a good launch pad for wes anderson as well um and it kind of I mean, maybe it's the reason that we have so many films to right. to watch in this style. What about you, Josiah? Yeah, I think there's an argument to be made for about four or five of these, Rushmore being one of them. I thought you were going to go with Tenenbaums, which I think is also a very strong case. Um, I will be true to myself, and maybe this is a basic pick, but if I'm going to watch a Wes Anderson movie um, and put one on, or when I think of Wes Anderson, I think of 
the Grand Budapest Hotel. So that's that's going to be my pick. Yes, I picked the one with the most Oscar nominations, but um, I really love it. I enjoy it. I think between the performances and the the setting and also the um, the different plot points and stuff, for me, it's it's the most enjoyable overall. I do think I've got a a coworker that I work with that we always talk about Wes Anderson movies and stuff, and she says Tenenbaums is her pick. I totally respect that as well. I think those all those three and what was the other one I was going to say? I mean, Moonrise Kingdom is a case for, I would even make case for Fantastic Mr. Fox too, but um, I'll go with Grand Budapest. Um, that's my, that's my pick and I'm going to stick with it. I like a good pick. Well, that's Wes Anderson. We've captured everything about him in this hour or so. <laughs> no, um, there's a lot to, a lot to say, but it's fun to talk about him. Um, what is your, do you have any thoughts on, Neither of us have seen Astro and City yet. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing it probably next week sometime, but based on, you know, trailers or whatever you've read or so anything, what do you think about that kind of um, as the next Wes Anderson film? Are you excited about it? Is it, you think it's going to be different in certain ways or yeah. Any previews for Asteroid City? I'm excited about it. Um, you kind of got me worried about, is he overdoing it this time with uh, <laughs> the, the all the elements he's trying to throw in there? But uh, no, I think it's going to be great. Um, I also will probably try and go see it next weekend. I'll mm-hmm. have to get the wife to the movies. Yeah, I like um, the, you know, just based on the trailer and stuff, it seems like it's a little bit more kind of sci-fi-y. People have said like, oh, it's Wes Anderson doing Spielberg or something. I don't know if that's fully what it's going to be or not but um it looks ambitious it look i mean reviews are good so far and stuff so not that i've read any super in depth but just kind of initial stuff and yeah i'm excited i mean you get steve carell in there you get cranson in there you get tom hanks tom, along with the the, the usual some of the usual crew so scarlet yeah so i'm excited yeah we get another wes anderson movie it does look a little bit more um I don't want to say straightforward or anything, but French Dispatch was just so unique. So I think this is the first. And then Isle of Dogs before that. So, I mean, this is kind of the first. I don't know how to describe it, but. This type of Wes Anderson movie that we've gotten in a while, I guess, uh, between French Dispatch being kind of a bunch of um, anthology stories and Isle of Dogs being stop motion. So kind of getting back to Moonrise and, and Grand Budapest. So. Um, so excited about that and yeah, expectations are, are pretty high. So I'm excited for it and yeah, good to, uh, chat about Wes Anderson. I appreciate your uh, perspective and, um, yeah, you thinking about these movies. I'm going to check out Darjeeling limited. You're going to check out French dispatch and we will, we'll report back our findings, but, um, yeah, one of, well, let me ask you this, I guess, um, you know, for me, Directors Club is kind of a project specifically for some of my favorite um, directors, but also just like, I guess the question is if I'm going to see a movie primarily because of the director rather than the, you know, either the actor, the star or the plot or anything like that, which Wes Anderson falls in that category. But for me, um, another project I'm kind of working on off pod is just like compiling my, what are my 50 favorite movies of all time kind of rolling list updated from time to time or whatever. I don't think any Wes Anderson movies are in there if I'm being honest. Um, so 
I wouldn't say he's like my favorite director, but he's one I really respect from the artistic perspective. Again, I've enjoyed every one of his movies I've seen, but um, it's not. I don't know. It's not think, the same in terms of the, like, when I think of my favorite movies, I don't think of these, but, but there's also no misses. So is that the case for you or do you like, or within like, are some of your favorite movies of all time, Wes Anderson movies? Um, can I flip the question back on you? Sure. And maybe when you're thinking about your top 50 movies, is it, it, does Wes Anderson not fall on that list? Maybe because it's not a traditional story all the time. And maybe, you know, I've like got some wild ones on there. Oh, okay. Then maybe I don't know. No, I think, I think, um, <laughs> I, it's also because 50. there's not a great category to put him in when it comes to like, cause yeah. I also do it by, um, by genre in some ways. So like, is it comedy? Like if, again, if I said Grand Budapest <laughs> is my favorite Wes Anderson, is that going to comedy? Is that going to drama? Like, where is that going? I guess is the question too. No, that's fair. Um, I think, man, when I think about top 50, I'm like, surely one of his films must crack the top 50, but I don't have an actual rolling list to put my money where my mouth is on that one. Um, I just, I think I'm just saying like Wes Anderson for me is a, a director. I really appreciate. I want to see all of his stuff. Mm -hmm but it's maybe less of a less of a favorite in some cases. Um, not that I don't like his stuff, but like when we're, we're going to get to, um, we're going to get to, well, I don't want to say I like Nolan over Anderson either. <laughs> Cause I've got some criticisms of Nolan, which will be coming next month. But, um, and then you get like later this year, we have, we have Villeneuve coming, we have uh, Scorsese and stuff. So it's like, I don't know. It's, hard to i think because we're right in it too with wes anderson and his career it's like it's hard to kind of see where his stuff is going to rank all time in some cases even though he is one of the most iconic directors of of his generation you know what i mean there might be yeah there might be some recency bias too with like re-watching the films to prep for the pod and yeah. you know when you're re-watching some of the other directors it'll be a little easier to go oh for sure yeah i appreciate wes anderson's body of work but i don't know if i watch bottle rocket five more times it might get crack right into that comedy <laughs> that's so it was so funny i don't know what the, it just that's my type of thing so um yeah well again appreciate your time spence and um your perspective on wes anderson i will text you when i see west see uh, asteroid city and get your thoughts and stuff on it but anything else you want to say to the people before we close off yeah, I mean, to you first and foremost, thanks for having me on. It's been a real honor. Um, let me know when you're getting back into basketball season. We'll we'll have to talk some some Warriors for sure. But your uh, thoughts on the Warriors Lakers series? Uh, um, <laughs> Just I think kidding. that the team that wanted it more won that series, and uh, the team that wanted it the most ended up winning. I I've learned on this pod my basketball takes are not usually going to age very well so i'm trying to steer away from it because between the go bear trade every time i have pastor mark on we talk like lakers and lebron and get excited and then like this time we talked about it after the warriors series they did not win another game they got swept so um i might stick to vikings and movies at this point but we'll see i love i certainly love to talk nba drama too so that sounds great i really appreciate you having me on and it's been a blast um 
let me know if you need to edit out too much. Uh, <laughs> I can always send you my recuts. Sure. Sure. All right. Thanks. Well, this is another edition of uh, Directors Club, kind of a kind of a relaunch here for 2023. But like I said, we've got we've got Christopher Nolan coming. We've got Greta Gerwig coming. We've got Denis Villeneuve coming. We've got Scorsese. Um, I think I've got one more for the rest of this year, too. I'd have to check the list, but excited to get into some of these films. And um, yeah, talk about directors and review films as we go. So thank you again, Spencer. And everyone go check out Asteroid City this weekend or whenever you get a chance and yeah, we'll talk to you next time. So thanks. School bikes. Cool.